And we're back. Episode 2, Waxless Radio. The podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you want to know what we're all about, check out the first episode. In short, Waxless is a mindset. It's a community. It's about living sincere lives. It's about not hiding our flaws, not pretending to be perfect, but also recognizing what we need to work on about ourselves. These conversations are had in the hopes that we would encourage, inspire, and just be there for each other as we go through a crazy life. Today's episode is very exciting. Mark Barlow of Isla Vista Worship gives us an incredible talk on correct heart posture when it comes to loving others, worship and how we should engage in it, and how to view art and music as children of God, those who know it and those who don't yet. I'm joined by Christian Rubio as my co-host. Let's get to it. Yo, 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 yo. What hey, up, Mark. Up? Hey, man. Good to see you. How's it going? Good to see you, too. Welcome to uh, Waxis Radio. What is that thing? This is, uh, you know. You are listening to Waxis Radio. That's a drop. That's a drop and a half right there. Pretty good. <laughs> That's wow. my dude, Abdul. Shouts out. South London. He was a volunteer for the church I worked at in the city. And I was like, hey, your voice is so cool. Can you just do a radio show drop for me real quick? <laughs> like, just say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yo, you got a cool voice. You want to do a thing? How are you, man? I love your spot. Bro, thank you so much. This is a little uh, shipping container. Really? What? It's refinished to be a studio. You guys are and on another level out there, man. It was semi-donated, praise God. That's awesome. Lord knows we need donations because we're a student missions movement. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yo, this is my friend Christian. Uh, he What's is up, a man? elemental hey, man. part of our church. Great friend of mine, worship leader, drummer as well. Um, That's dope. So he's my co-host today. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Nice to meet you. That's my middle name. Christian. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he asked me how I knew you, and I was like, um, it's a good question. <laughs> he like, showed up one day to church with a, uh, a with car. a really fancy sports car. I was so not well me, done. too. It was like, yeah, I'm not this flashy guy. I was like, but I'm going to drive two hours to see these guys, and I'm going to enjoy the ride. It's so it was funny. a good time. It was a Turo rental. You know, it was like a. Yeah, I don't know if I could picture that. <laughs> it's not, right? I drive a Volvo. <laughs> no, I'm the normal. Dope. With That's with dope. with street glow though, you are in the middle of a awesome awesome campaign. Um, do you want to talk a little bit just about like where you're where you're at right now, and then we'll kind of do like a memento thing and jump back into where you were. Yeah. So right now, and then I'll rewind. I am about to book my tickets for my second trip to Nashville to track my upcoming Ooh. record. It's going to be called Hymns and Soul, or at least that's the working title right now. Love it. Um, because it's not just soul hymns. It is love songs as well. I started reading a book. It kind of woke me up to the reality of Gnosticism and how it has affected mm. the church <laughs> since the times of the Greeks and the Romans in their prime. For those who are not familiar with Gnosticism, there's two different types of Gnosticism. One is Greek and one is Roman. And both have invaded the church in various ways. Mm. Preach. Greek Gnosticism says this world is evil. God is perfect. Let's try as hard as we can. That results in legalism and control. And then Roman Gnosticism says this world is evil. God is perfect. F it. Let's party. (laughs) Um, And so both of them are incorrect. Mm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And... This idea that God is separate from us in any way, shape, or form, and calling this place evil, calling people evil, Mm. that statement and that belief makes the cross of no effect. Mm. Going along that same train of thought, we call, we've we've created this thing in music called sacred and secular. Ooh, he's preaching. He's preaching. All right. I've heard similar conversations lately, so this is awesome. Go on, man. Go on. You have the floor. In that same train of thought, if God is other than and separate from us, that idea is totally false because Jesus came in the flesh. His name was declared as Emmanuel when he was born. Yeah, yeah God is with us. Mm-hmm. For us to think that he's separate from us in any way since Jesus is totally crazy. And for us to create a divide between sacred and secular, when he comes into the room... Everything changes. Everything changes. <laughs> Good song. <laughs> all, all that there is, is the bliss of communion with him. Hmm. And then if we look at the Bible, 
and the subject matter, there's tons of different subject matter, but straight in the middle of the Bible, there is an explicit love song. And then we make fun of Justin Bieber for coming out with a song called Yummy. Mm. Guys, we have created a divide with our pharisaical attitudes Right. Between the quote unquote things of this world, as in like any song other R- than a worship R&B. song. <laughs> yes. We've created a divide and it has caused us to miss out on aspects of creativity that God has called us into. And it has caused the world to miss out because we're not there. Mm. Oh, <laughs> the key. Oh, man. Okay, no, it all just kind of fell in there. So that, like, God's people are not in the mix with the good right. We've music separated ourselves from the yeah. ones he came to save. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge... That's heavy. That's a huge concept and an awesome thing to kind of build a, a project on because... Yes. You're right. God is... And God created love. God created romanticism and all that. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you're out here doing that with yeah. your life. It's really cool. That's my heart. I love it. I love it. I would say that there's something about your music and the way that you do things that hits people in a certain part of the soul that not everybody is able to access with their music. So mm. uh, for you to, to recognize that divide and to just jump headfirst into it. And how old, you're so young. How old are you? 20, 25? 25. Yeah. So for you to get that now, like this sounds like something that someone who has been through you know, 45 years of, of walking with the Lord through some storms. I, I know we've all had our storms and stuff, but you, you just bring this yeah. maturity to the table that is really, it's, it's palpable in the music. It's, it's timeless also with the, because you're, you're accessing that soul, that Motown, that R&B, that, that musical rules that applied in an era where the focus was emotion and passion. All of Thank you so much, soul bro. hymns, man. Changed the game a little bit. Okay, so let's jump back how we met the first song that i ever heard of these guys wasn't your era i don't think but it was the upper room sessions the song was we won't stop smiling because we're so in love with you that was a jam were you part of that or no no that was before i got here it was like right before you got there right yeah and you came from chicago right yes and uh i have shouts out the uh yes jesus burgers (laughs) chapter 16 arrows in the hands of a warrior uh i sent him the the the, the shots of your story before that. And it was just so powerful, man, just the way that God called you there. And uh, we'll get bit, we'll get back into that in a minute because there's a topic I want to touch on just on when you're doing what you should be with your life, the attacks that come in. Um, mm. <laughs> and, and I have been feeling a little similarly lately. And when I read that again uh, today, uh, yesterday, I was just like, oh, that, 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 and that. Yes, I actually can feel every single one of those horrible things in the past week. So maybe yeah. I'm doing something I'm supposed to or I'm getting close to something I should be doing and it's just there to keep me far away from it. I don't know. Let's go back. The church that I, 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 I was even, it's not even a normal church I work for. I was called in for a one-shot, like a, uh, a worship night on a Thursday or something. And I always loved their team, a lot of talented people, but they did that song. And I was like, man, what is that? That one little movement, though, goes like the half step up and then back down in the middle of it. I was like, that's fresh. So I started paying attention to it, but it didn't really grab me until IV2 came out, IVW2, right? Uh, and, and you guys call it Isla, right? Or Ela? It's, um, it's Isla Vista. Yeah. Isla, right. Isla is the English interpretation of a Spanish word. Isla Vista in Spanish means island view mm-hmm. and the oh, reason why okay. it's called that is because you can see <laughs> the islands sorry, from the yeah. cliffs <laughs> he's just over there mm-hmm see vista isla yep muy bien muy fantástico it's, it's okay <laughs> oh. um yeah that's what it means and that's why the majority of people who live in the city just call it isla vista right right nobody really calls it isla vista isla vista i would go with what the locals are calling it um, yeah so when two came out, that record, um, there was a lot of great songs on there, but nothing held a candle to So In Love. Now, from what I understand, that song started as a spontaneous worship song. Mm-hmm. What, were you leading it? Is that, were you there when it happened or what? I was there when it happened, yeah. Mia and Mac and Braylon. Isla Vista Worship was started by a guy named Mac Montgomery. Okay. And him and his wife ran it for like 10 years. And then they passed it off to me before they moved away. Okay. And right before that happened, we had some friends in town speaking and leading worship. We were singing The Climb by United Pursuit. The end of it goes, Oh, I am 
so in love with you there is no one else for me and as that was happening um we started playing that same progression um one six four hold the four one <laughs> something something simple like that and as we were playing um mac just started singing Oh, I am so in love, and there's no one else for me. Still on those, and then we did that. We did some hits on else for me, and so it was like a <laughs> corporate worship vibe. The drum speed, drum speed coming out. It couldn't help it. <laughs> the idea came. I had heard a William Matthews song from way back called "So Good to Me." Okay. And there was this like just the two of us yeah. type of chord progression. Mm -hmm. I was like, what if we grab that? Which has been coming around a lot lately and stuff. Yeah, it's so true. Because it's iconic it's, and you can listen to it forever. Mm. It does something in your brain where you don't get tired of it. It's amazing. That's like once we got into that vibe, it was game over. Right. And the chorus officially like came together. Dun, 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 dun. And there's no one else for me. And then we took it to the studio a couple months later, and it was like, okay, this has got to be on the album. Mm. And then mm. Mac and I like wrote the rest of the song around it. That's awesome. Um, around the chorus. And the wow. verses are awesome, too, and I feel like they don't get enough shine. Prepare to table for me gets me because it's like, it's like that Psalms-type language, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, quite literally. But thanks, David. When he pointed out, uh, he said that was your drum speak. He was talking about how everyone has a drum speak. Christian is a, a fabulous drummer, by the way. That's awesome. We have played "So in Love" many a time after church. Explain drum speak a little bit. So basically, everyone, when you, when you, when you talk about drums and you are going through a song in your head, you vocally, I feel like everyone has a different, you know consonant or sound or syllable for the specific drum instrument and so even you doing the build you know in the build in your song you already had the dun -dun 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 -dun, the punch or whatever yes um what's your snare sound what's your go-to snare sound okay that's so interesting because i would good. do i would do like a pop I, I would do a ka. you see you pick an electric kit <laughs> Like I did, yeah. I did. Well, he's got you have way more swag on all of your sounds. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> DJ, I don't know if I sent you the thing with DJ Lee, but he's actually like a professional beatboxer and looper, and he like teaches beatboxing classes. And I, I can't. Wow. He just he does those like, like the, yeah, like the acts. Oh I can't gosh. do it at all. But he's he's phenomenal. That's so sick. The, the uh, scratch track started as an acoustic guitar and a beatboxer, and the beatboxer would beatbox into a loop pedal, loop it, and then sing over it while the acoustic guitar guy just shredded his face off the whole time. So I sick. I prefer to not have to use drum speak because <laughs> I, ha I have a little pocket operator. Oh, there you go. My teenage engineering. Yes. And that just like... Those things are the best in the world, man. It's yep. so good. And it's crazy because like the OP1, which I love, it's so expensive and the OP1 has helped me write so many songs because of the beat machine. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically the finger sequencer. But the pocket operator is such a low price point that I can recommend to anybody who needs a beat going while they're writing or whatever. There you go. Um, there you go. $68 on Amazon. Like... That's so accessible. But and it's as, it's as it's opposed a, to twelve hundred versus twelve ninety nine now. Oh, what? No. It's twelve ninety nine now. Mine was eight ninety nine. Oh, I caught it right yeah. before it jumped. The funny thing about the OP one is I would never be able to afford one on my own or just convince my wife I should go buy a thousand dollar tiny keyboard. So I did what I call the uh, wife approval workaround. So what you do is you, 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 you get your friend who wants to record an album with you and you say, okay, I will record and produce this album for you, but I'm not going to take any money because money can just go to bills. I need you to buy me this synthesizer when we're done. And that'll be the price for your six song EP. Really? <laughs> so when you get married and when your wife doesn't want you buying more gear, remember that. Wow. <laughs> She's cool. She's fine. She was all right with That's it. That's awesome. But I felt like if I'm going to spend my time... Now, I'm at the point in my life where I recognize that music is not an avenue for me to make income. Music is a way to express myself and to put what God has blessed me with on the table with other people who are also blessed. And I yeah. don't want to sit there and try to prostitute myself, for lack of a better term, with the gifts God's given me to get paid. 
because mm. I feel like God can give me provision in other areas. I feel nothing but conflict and, and strife when I try to use it as a way to make money. And also mm. it ruins relationships mm. because it's like, hey, we just had a great session. You got to pay me more than you thought because you were here for three hours longer than you said you were going to be. Give me my money. You know what I mean? Like it's such a terrible, and there's been a lot of conversations Yikes. we had lately with like, okay, how do you be a producer? How do you be an engineer? How do you start a business from home without getting run over? Because think yeah. about it. Music is the only industry, well, engineering rather, where if you bill somebody project-wise, 200 a song. Say I'm going to mix your song for 200 bucks. But then when you come mm-hmm. back with mix change 35, I'm now making $7 an hour. Yes. But when you bill it hourly and then you do something wrong or you take longer to create a product, the worse you are at your job, the more you get paid. So none of that makes sense. Dang. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. What I've come up with is that if I have a song or something, I'm working on with somebody and I'll say, I think this song is worth eight hours of my time at X amount of dollars an hour. Now, if we get to the point where I say, okay, we have reached the point where my time has been paid for, it's now in overtime, then I'll say it's this much an hour over that. Yeah. The workman's worth their wages, man. This is an, a yep. weird time and an important time. And people like us, especially people who know how to handle audio, that yeah. is going to go out to you know everybody now in this internet age. No, you're worth. Yes. So you're also good at the audio thing. So if, if people come at you, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. First time we heard your stuff, we were really excited about the So in Love joint. I love the story of how it all came together. That Bill Withers, just the two of his chord progression, has been showing up a lot of other things. Allie Page, uh, what is that one song? Uh, Anchor, right? Is that her? No, Sarah Jewers, Anchor. Yes. Is that how you say your name? I don't know yeah. how to say people's names. Everything is just text on Spotify. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Barlow. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, that's historically that's accurate before it was Americanized. Of course it is. I'm, the, I'm always making those jokes. And my like, ancestor, Mickey Barlow. That's amazing. From, Barlow from girls? Ireland. From Ireland. He's not yeah. related to the Barlow girls. Barlow girls? No, no. Yeah, I am. Covered that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you related to them? Yeah. yeah related to them. Oh my gosh, you're from Chicago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Liar. That's so funny. I thought we talked about this already. No, I thought I gave you thumbs up. No, oh. that's so funny. <laughs> I felt like I talked about that when we were in California, but we didn't. I wouldn't be doing music to the point where I oh. am <laughs> if it hadn't been for them. They had, they've poured in so much to me. Oh. Um, both wisdom and practical stuff like Wait, so what's the relation? That's incredible. They're my cousins, yeah. That's amazing. Now, let's go back to 2003 in a weird indoor youth center where I ran sound for Super Chick. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro. Somewhere in Southern Illinois. It might have been, I want to say Pinckneyville, but it was not. It was um, Vandalia. I don't know. One of those Southern Illinois towns. But like they just knew the Barlow girls, right? Super Chick knew them. And they, they helped them start. S- right. They helped them start as a band. Yeah. Man, that's funny. I really didn't know that. I, I'm kind of mind blown at this point. I love it. Yeah. Uh, my cousin's Dan from Jars of Clay, but that That's dope. didn't get me anywhere. Oh, Jars of we'll Clay. cut that out. We'll cut that out. No, he's awesome. He's a good dude. I lived in his basement in Nashville for a minute. Um, but I, as a homeschooled kid who had no interaction with the world, going to college at 16 <laughs> in Southern Illinois from New Jersey, thinking that telling everyone my cousin was in Jars of Clay was going to be like my coolness factor. Oh my gosh. Nobody cared. <laughs> it was, it was. Dang it. It was startling how much nobody cared. I'm like, but they were here. Like, yeah, but nobody cared. Nope. Dang it. Mark, do you play drums too or no? You do, right? Yeah. um, I actually played drums on worship team before I played keys or guitar. Okay. So is it just those three or what else do you play? Bass. Nice. Anything else. Nice. Very nice. I can play one song on banjo. Nice. Wait, which song though? uh, Foggy Mountain Breakdown by Steve Martin. That's better than Rainbow Connection. (laughs) Which is, yeah. I feel like, the go-to for banjo. That's that's yeah. a reputable. I love all of them, but the the relationship that's most special to me is relationship with piano mm. and my voice. And your whirly. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe that a, you as you said a chip blew off the circuit board after 20 minutes of playing. Oh, yeah, it was gosh. like the DC converter chip oh, just blew off the circuit. It just popped off. What's like, popping? Vintage Vibe got back to me, and they're like, hey... We have had an issue in our office, and so our phone and internet has been unavailable. I'm so sorry. It took us a mi- minute oh, to right. respond to Oh, right. There's a power outage all over New Jersey right now. Yikes. 70% of this area doesn't have power right now. It's crazy. Oh. Somehow we do. You're blessed. They got back to me. Oh. 
Yes. <laughs> the Lord has provided a ram in the thicket. I love it. An email in the phone. There we go. What did they say? Are you good? Yeah. They hook you up? He, he just asked for more details on like how it happened. And then he said, send back the PCB. That's awesome. That's really funny. So you were just like wailing? What, what song were you playing, by the way? I don't know. It wasn't like something to do with power, was it? <laughs> There's power wow. in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. Break every chip right off the board. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't get me started on that, man. We'll go all day oh long. Oh, my gosh. I have to ask you. So you're obviously like you're very theologically grounded in how you view worship right now. Mm-hmm. One thing I've been talking with uh, my, I guess you would say the waxless community, right? I explained the <laughs> waxless thing to you. Did I explain waxless? Yeah. Like the idea of like, you know, we're just here to be who we are, who God made us to be, not get caught up in our, our problems, but to just move forward and recognize there's grace, but also, you know, work on the stuff that we need to do, but not let it ruin us. Being a, uh, first of all, being an artist is hard because how do you judge how good you are by how much people like you? I say this a hundred times, but nobody started playing electric guitar because they wanted to be on the worship team. They wanted to play <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Like they want to show off. You want to be, I mean, I'm sure there are some people out there who are really wonderful children and have had a great upbringing and are like, no, I do want to play guitar for Jesus. That's fine. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the majority of the people who started playing a musical instrument. It was not to bring glory to God. It was to bring glory to themselves. So how do you as a worship artist judge if you're doing your job right or your or your art or your craft, how do you judge if you're doing it well without thinking people are liking you instead of the praise? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. You all right? You okay? That's you big. You need a sip of water? Or? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Because I really um, am interested to hear what you have to say about this because you you've thought about stuff like this already. Yeah. The term worship artist and the fact that that <sighs> exists in Christian community in the first place. Yeah. Can we say psalmist? It, Does that work? Well, yes, that's much better. But worship artist has a connotation to stardom. Hmm. Ah. Psalmist is totally different. Minstrel is totally different. Okay, there's a a bunch of different things on my mind. One is excellence. That was your on-ramp to this aspect of the conversation. And then there's artistry, and those can kind of like go in the same boat. And then there is fear of man or approval of man. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then there is a couple different things in there. And then it's heart posture in worship. Let's go after that and we'll work backward. Love it. Heart posture in worship. Nowhere in the Bible does the word worship ever refer to ministry to humans. Podcast. Oh. Ouch. So anytime. He's any- preaching. Anytime anybody comes up to you after service and says, I didn't really like worship today, you say, It wasn't for you. I got some New Jersey words for you. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't for you. (laughs) Anytime anybody says that, we have full freedom to say, thank you for giving me that feedback, but this wasn't for you. Amen. Listen, it is our responsibility as Levites, as worship leaders, to host a meeting place between God and his people. To mm. cultivate a meeting place Woo. for God and his people. Anytime anybody comes up to you after worship and says, oh my gosh, worship was so amazing today. Thank you so much. <laughs> you can say the same thing. Thank you. It wasn't for you. Oh. What they're trying to articulate is that as you hosted a meeting space between God and his people, you set up the tent and the bridegroom met with the bride and there was an encounter there. And what they're trying to articulate in that moment to you because you were the one up on stage, they're trying to articulate, mm. I had an encounter with my lover. Oh. And that's Jesus, man. That's what this is all about. You, if you we're, said facilitate if, a space? I'm sorry. I just wanted to dial back real quick to that. We set up the tent. We set up the yeah, meeting the place. Yeah, the tent. That's it. The meeting place. Yeah. Between the bridegroom and the bride. We are the waiter at the table. And mm. it is our job in corporate worship settings to <sighs> wait at the table between the king and his bride. It's not our job to appease her emotions. It's not our job to try and get her attention onto us. It's not our job to appeal to her tastes. It's our job to get her eyes looking at his. And then in do, but <laughs> so good, bro. how we, how we do that is we get our eyes on him and yeah. we minister to his heart. If our heart postures are in that position, just ministering to the Lord, it's, <laughs> There's some things that fall under our responsibility in regards to her, making sure that we're not being distracting between her and him. Right. Mm. But it's not our job to point a gun at 
her and say worship. <laughs> like Ooh, that's not that, how you get people in the river. It's about to get rowdy in here. <laughs> we, that's not how you get somebody to jump in. You don't say, "Hey, I'm tying you up and throwing you in." You just start ministering to the Lord, and praise is contagious. Praise stops the enemy. Mm. The joy of the Lord is what's in His presence, <laughs> and if our heart posture is in any other position or direction than what I'm talking about, we're off, man. And we're not going to get results by human striving, by planning center, by anything. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing that we can do other than that to get the presence of God. Not to get the presence of God, to realize the presence of God because he's here. Mm. Right. Like we're not asking him to do something he hasn't already done. He's done it. Mm. And now we're aligning with heaven and finally seeing, okay, he has already opened up the heavens. Mm. Good song, by the way. Praise God. He has, he has, that's why it's opened up, not open up. Right. It's already done. Mm -hmm. We're asking him to let it rain. We're asking him to pour out heaven. But what that actually looks like practically in the spirit is that we're just opening up our eyes to something that already is happening. Heaven is already always worshiping. Yeah. It never stops. And so... We're basically jumping on that Hot Wheels turbo track and getting up to speed. (laughs) And you hit the thing with the wheels that shoots the car. Yes. We're getting up to speed. Yes. Oh my gosh. You didn't see the video I sent you the other day, did you? Or the song I sent you, I Belong? I didn't yet. No, I won't. When you you hear it, uh, at the very end, it breaks down into this choir. And it's just just beautiful. And it's haunting. And it's beautiful at the same time. At the end of the song, I said, God, what was that? out loud as soon as the song ended and I felt like he answered and I felt like he said music that I made and I was like oh (laughs) yeah yeah it was that's all it was it was just like the next thought in my mind immediately was like music that I made I was like oh my gosh I love what you just said bro the whole concept of hey you want to say hi come here kitty this is Adelaide say hi to the future of uh Adelaide hello hi I like your music thank you it's nice to meet you I like your name no, I'm not going to tell him to take his hat off. Okay, thank you for coming by the show. We love you. Um, I love this posture that you're taking when you said it is the bride and the groom, and you are there. I mean, I almost got the idea of, like, you're the cocktail music. Like, you're the guy with the cello playing for the wedding yeah. ceremony. That imagery is so perspective shifting, and I hope yes. that when people hear this that they go, oh, that is what it's about. Yep. Yeah. It's about it's about preparing a communion with the bride and the, and like you yeah. said, it's not about how you felt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. It's about like you said, heart posture. Um, yeah, and we've got to teach on it, man, because they're not going to yeah. know that that's what the situation is, and so they're going to think they're going to continue to think that they are entitled to an opinion on it because they think it's for them. Ooh. Podcast. <laughs> and if we're not teaching on it, how are they going to encounter him? But that part right there, it, before you even get to the next phrase, what you just said. They feel they're entitled to an opinion on it because they think it's for them. I can't right. tell you how much God had to correct my posture in judging worship in churches, but also in the on the radio. Look, in, in Jersey, we have one radio station, and it's K-Love, basically. It's not K-Love, but it's our own version, but it's even worse because the I'm program cringing. directors are still there since like the 90s, so we still hear Friends by Michael W. Smith. Great song, no disrespect, but it's still on the radio. <laughs> like, it's a new song, okay? So we are very dry for fresh worship music on the radio out here, but that doesn't help the urge to judge worship. Now, like you said, you feel like you're entitled to it because you feel like it's for you. That's the culture shift that needs to happen. Worship is not for you. When I first changed churches, I was working full-time for a gospel church with lots of soul, lots of feel. I worked front of house sound for five years. I went to another church that was very not like that one, and it was very dark and very moody and very like, rock and roll and I was like I think it was like the third week I visited and I'm like I don't know how I feel about all this and God popped in my head again he's like good thing it's not for you huh I kind of like this wow I was like oh, why are you so sarcastic God but you're so right 
Yeah. That's it. I love that because that's his, I really believe that he speaks to all of us differently because he understands the language that's going to minister to your heart and connect with you. (laughs) He fathers all of us differently. We're all different kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. None of this is copy paste. You're the oldest of how many? You're not the oldest. You're, you're in the mix of how many? In the middle of seven. Right. No, I have the book right here. I was going to say uh, nine. But <laughs> of seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so how so, varying are your personalities in, in that home? Like, and how did your parents minister differently to each one of those kids? We're all over the place. I think I'll touch on that real quick because yeah, go for it. we think that he fathers in a copy paste way and he does not father in a copy paste way. Mm. Copy paste way. That's huge. That's not it because, okay, this is a whole process. People ask when they're going through trauma or trials, they say, if God is good, why do bad things happen? Uh, that's, that's, yeah. And listen, he is a father and how much control, in reality, how much control does a father have over his kids? All of the decisions that they make throughout their entire life. Yeah, not a ton. And us as his children both those who know that we're his children and those who don't know that they're his children all make decisions. Wow, that's a deep thought right there already. That's why bad things happen. People make decisions because free will exists. And mm-hmm. and free will, if free will didn't exist, love would not exist. That's oh! That's because <laughs> love is not love without choice. Man, that's crazy. That's love is point. not love without freedom. Wow. And he can't father us in a way... That is controlling because that's not love. Oh, man. We don't understand that the gospel is the answer to how to connect people's hearts to their father. And that through that relationship and through the freedom that they experience when finally being in relationship with him, Mm. that we start to understand the beauty of it all. Because if we're not in relationship with God, we can't be expected to behave like him. That's the, um, that's the honest truth. That's the quarantine truth. And for me, that's <laughs> helped me a lot because for so long, I thought that how deep the father's love for us, the father turned his face away. Well, Psalm 22 starts out with Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, yeah. which is what Jesus says on the cross. And we've taken what Jesus said on the cross and said, oh, the father turned his face away because he couldn't bear to look at all that sin. Well, Psalm 22 starts with that exact same like Jesus, no doubt, was quoting Psalm 22 because mm. the entire New Testament is in Greek. And then that one little part is in like Hebrew or Aramaic. Ah. And it's I- identically quoting Psalm 22. So Psalm 22, David, and this is for us as songwriters, such an amazing revelation because David is just writing a song out of his anguish. He's going through hell. Wow. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he starts talking about the lion's encircling him as prey and the bulls of Bashan encircling him and that he'd be torn apart in like all of his limbs are out of joint and they put a crown of thorns on him that they gamble away his clothes and that he's talking about all this stuff in an artistic way not knowing that God is going to decide to take his song and make it prophetic by having Jesus fulfill all of these things in the song and David is just being artistic. Wow. And he's just oh he's just expressing his heart. Oh, I never thought of it that way. And then Ooh. this is the catch. Psalm 22, verse 23 or 24 says, Yet though I've been through all of this, you still have not turned your face away from your beloved. You have not forsaken me. Ah. Wow. He's wow. Like, and he brings so it back. The, okay. That's the whole thing <laughs> is like, I feel this way, but you haven't turned your face away. We have this false image of God the Father that we've been worshiping. Seeing everything in this context of Psalm 22 paints a totally different version of who God the Father is. Yeah. And that's the one that I really want to be in a relationship with. The one who is with us in our deepest moments of sin and shame, waiting for us to realize that relationship is what he wants and that he's there Mm. in the moment right when we sin and his arms are wide open. Jesus's arms were nailed wide open. Oh my. He's ready. He's there with us. Jesus said, I am the express image of who God the Father is. Anything before Jesus, anything said about God pales in comparison to the express image. Everything before is, it pales in comparison to the accuracy of who Jesus is and how he portrays the Father. 
So I think even down to the minute detail of the fact that his arms were nailed wide open. That's crazy. That's the father's heart toward us. Wow. Nailed wide open. Man, mind-blowing, really, to think about. While you're saying that, I have this crazy image of what did the Pharisees and the scholars think when they saw Jesus quoting the scripture and when they realized that he was fulfilling the prophecy in front of their eyes? There was probably enormous amounts of regret, but there was also probably enormous amounts of residual continuous blindness. For sure. Yeah. And it's crazy because Jesus in that moment, in starting to say that, he starts the song. He's <laughs> leading us in worship. He's like, oh yo, I'm singing this song. Everybody knows this song. Psalm 22. Come on, everybody. <laughs> David is the man of Israel. He's oh, like, look, come on, everybody. Sing along. That's crazy. Man. Uh, <laughs> um, so I say that because oh I, and I went on that rabbit trail to bring us back to worship because how can we worship? How can we truly worship from our hearts? If the image of the father that we've been taught to worship is not actually who he is. Yeah. Yeah. If it's something yeah. other than, and not to say that we'll ever have this like a hundred percent figured out because there is so much to who he is. That is mystery. But we never need to doubt if we're just worshiping who Jesus says the Father is and how Jesus portrayed the Father. We never need to doubt. And I think that we have had an epidemic in worship where things have started to become divided in regards to tastes, in regards to the frozen chosen is like <laughs> a... Wait, what? Huh? We're on a different coast, man. You got to remember, there's cultural differences. It's, it's basically another country out here. Totally. So tell me about the Frozen Chosen, because it sounds like Disney. The Frozen Chosen is a, a terminology used to describe people who are bound in worship. And you can tell that there's something keeping people from worshiping when the Hebrew words for praise are not being lived out in worship. Shabak. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's se- six or seven of them. Carmen did um, a good song listing them all. Back in the day. Yeah. Shouts out. Um, no, nobody knows t- Carmen. T- I am older Carmen. than you guys. Yeah, Carmen. <laughs> I know Carmen. Okay, good. Yeah. I figured um, you would have responded. Who's in the house? JC. JC is, yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. He's the answer. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so yeah, but so you're saying that when the Hebrew words for worship are not being played out, they're they're frozen in worship. So you're talking yeah, about so congregants. What that looks like is we all, it's like, come on, everybody. Let's worship. Come on in. <laughs> And <laughs> that face was so perfect, by the way. We're we're waiting for people to like encounter him, and then they just stand there with their arms nailed to their thighs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Our congregation came from a, a slightly Calvinist influenced background, so we know all about the Stoicism. Totally. I only mention that Shouts because out. I think that what's happening in heaven mm. looks like all of these Hebrew words for praise. Um, I want to pull them up. Oh, wow. But if anybody is looking for an in-depth study on it, it would be in the book, How to Worship a King. Link in the comments. How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. Halal. <laughs> uh, halal means to boast foolishly to make show of it. That's where hallelujah comes from. Oh what? my gosh. Wait, so to boast foolishly? Give me the yeah. breakdown. I'm, I'm going to read the article. To, and it's I'll, to, I'll to make to a show, name. to make a show of it, to make I mean, a that, show that, of that, God's that, goodness. That actually makes so much sense because, like a Pentecostal background, Hallelujah. You know, it's loud. It's Hallelujah. You know, boisterous. Yeah. You know, somebody going Hallelujah. I re- I remember my old pastor Hallelujah, but it <laughs> falls in line with making it loud. Right. Know? Make um, his praise glorious. That's so funny. Ba, ba, da, ka, da, 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 da. Yes, Martha Munizzi. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do it. I love her. She's amazing. Then there's Tehillah, which means to praise vocally in songs or shouts. Tehillah? Uh, Tehillah. And then there's Zemar, which means to pluck the strings. Man. I gotta play guitar more. I was thinking harp, but... <laughs> I don't have a harp. Yada, which means to throw up or lift up the arms upward in praise and surrender. Okay. And then Tauda, which means to sing praises together as one community mm. in harmony. Oh, and yeah, then we need this article for sure. This is yeah. And like, if you're lacking every one of these, wow, there's so many. There's more than I thought. There's Sabah, which means to reach out with affection for God to feel His hold on us. Oh. And then there's like 
other ones which mean to bow down. There's another one. We lay our crowns. Another one, yes. <laughs> At the feet of Jesus. And then there's one that means to creek. Um, to creek? Which, to creek. Uh, like creek means across go, the floor? Like you go, woo! Um, <laughs> that's a, what? That's, a that's literally It's one of those California what, words. No, it's not. It's one of those Hebrew words. It's crazy. I would creek. Um, I would, you got a creek. Creek. Woo! <laughs> Put that in your sample pad, bro. Is it like a side mouth thing? Yeah. Woo! The, was, one more time, the name of this article was How to Worship by what? The book that I mentioned is How to Worship a King. I just pulled is. up a okay. random article just now to read off a couple of examples. Yeah, okay. That's I read so that cool. because, and I mentioned that, not to say anybody's doing worship wrongly. Mm. No, but what should I we strive to? I'm saying that if things don't look like heaven... Then Jesus's prayer, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, mm. one of his prayer requests was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Jesus's prayer is not getting answered if we're not looking to heaven and saying, hey, we want earth to look like heaven. Wow. And us participating with heaven is us participating with the Lord and answering Jesus's prayer. <sighs> like, Man. this is the destiny of the world is that it would look like heaven. I will say the most intense worship times I've ever experienced, I've walked away saying that was the closest to heaven I've ever felt. Yes. I was in a room with 300 people. Your presence is heaven. Your presence is heaven. That's good. I was in a room with 300 people, and they were. it was like the entire audience was the choir. Audience is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like It was a mixture of it. It was a worship night, but still. Yeah. The feel of just that entire room. And there was one moment where... It was just this swell of spontaneous worship, and I was like, this feels planned, and I know it's not. And my producer ear was like, what is that beautiful <laughs> chord I hear right now? Because I've never heard such a thing. I mean, it was just everybody was doing something musical that was excellent at the same time. Mm. Wow. And I just was like, what is that? And again, the thought popped in my mind. That's the sound of heaven. And I'm like, man, what was that? And I said something to the worship leader later, and he goes, Oh, you mean the the worshiping in tongues moment? I was like, oh okay, my gosh, yeah, that probably was what it was, if I'm honest, because, yeah. whoo, it was powerful, man. Yeah, and and again, even like that that moment at the end of that other song, I'm like, that sounds like heaven. Um, yeah, uh, it's so funny too to think about that. Like, I keep going back to the thing, man. Like the bride and the groom. And you're there to facilitate an experience of communion between the bride and the groom. Yes. Now, you had gone back to heart posture. You had gone back to a couple of the other points. And uh, I just want to stay on track yeah. with those because you've been preaching an amazing sermon so far. Mm. <laughs> Praise God. Um, everything I have has been inherited. So if you, if you want any recommendations, Link there's in the comments. A, lot of, a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Another one, actually, which I'm reading right now is called Love Secrets. It's a book by John Mark Pantana meant to pair up with his album, also called Love Secrets. Right. This book has one of the clearest revelations of the gospel that I've personally ever encountered. No big deal. Um, Write it down. <laughs> I was just getting absolutely wrecked by the goodness of God as I was reading mm. the, fir the first three chapters. Did you sing of um, it? Sorry. Say it again. <laughs> Did you sing of it? Sing of the goodness of God. <laughs> there wow. it is. Wow. Sorry, man. I'm full of the dad jokes when it comes Ooh. to this stuff. No, it's there's a little bit of a lag on the Zoom call. So there's some things where I'm like, oh, I would comment on that, but I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's already seconds too late. Aren't you running through a hotspot too? You said, what do you, because uh, you're in a shipping container. Yes. Are you on a ship right now or? No, <laughs> we're in a field. Um, there's a field here in Isla Vista that we're trying to build a missions base on. Oh, right. I've um, seen that. Oh, that's wow. so cool. So sorry, John Mark Pantana, the the goodness of God, not the song. John Mark Pantana, Love Secrets is the name of Love the book. Love Secrets. I think being a worship leader, we can't really expect to see results unless we are in that heart posture that we had mentioned earlier, as well as understanding the gospel and right. believing the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Like right behavior is not how we see results in life. It's right believing. And so in the same way, right behavior is not how we see results in leading worship. It's right believing. That right there should be like the tagline for this entire podcast. Like <laughs> right behavior yep. is not how we see results in worship. It's right believing. Man. Right. Those results are that earth is aligning with heaven. Mm. And not only just the idea of heaven, which a lot of people probably don't understand, but the idea of all those Greek words of the way worship plays out. And yep. right, right, Greek or Hebrew? Yeah. I don't know. And then there's also... Man. The fact that Jesus, 
you know, we talk about like stepping into eternity or going to heaven or whatever. Jesus said that eternal life equals knowing the Father. Mm. We don't have to wait until we die to know the Father. Oh, wow. Jesus showed us who the Father is. So earth looking like heaven also is communing with the Father, which is crazy because that means that death is not our doorway to heaven. Jesus is. (laughs) This is not waiting around for the end times to rescue us from hell. This is, this is something that's accessible to us right now. I always hear the response. Yeah, well, the earth is still fallen and broken. And I'm like, well, then what did Jesus do? Mm. The word says he took the keys of sin and death and that he ended the curse. Right. Are we really believing that or not? Wow. That's just, (laughs) that's perspective. The enemy's only tools are deception. If he can deceive us into believing that the curse still exists, then he's utilizing the authority and the power that we've been given (laughs) to continue to roam about the earth and wreak havoc. Oh my gosh. Bad things happen for a reason, but sometimes that reason sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Bombs. Like believers are cooperating with the enemy. Wow. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And I'm I'm saying that because it applies in worship too. Believers are cooperating with the enemy. Not even knowing it. Not even knowing it. Then we wonder why nothing's working and we get frustrated and then the fire goes out and we get burnt out because we're striving to earn God's love. We're striving to perform perfectly. We're trying to please the bride. We don't understand the job description, so the job is not done. Wow. You just dropped like 100 solid tweets in a row right there. I just want you to recognize that. I'm not really on Twitter, but. Good. Don't get on it. It's a trap. But every single sentence was like a nugget that could be turned into an entire productive conversation. Wow. Um, So then there's that. And then there comes um, artistry. Now, this is two separate conversations. One is being a worship leader and walking in excellence. And a separate thing is just being an artist, period, who's in relationship with God. Right. Mm. There is something so grieving to me about the limitations that I have seen believers unknowingly put on artists in the church. Oh. Not knowing that they were limiting and controlling. Yeah. Quenching. Um, mm. We have quenched the spirit, grieved the spirit, because we have kicked creativity out of the church because we think that the only type of creativity should always result in corporate worship. And album sales. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot there. There's so many different... Hold on. That's such a crazy point. I'm sorry. You said creativity should only result in corporate worship according to that mindset. That's the right. distorted point right. of Whoa. it. Whoa. Because they're saying like, oh, look at you doing your thing, but oh, we can't sing that in church. Yeah. So put, it's not put, good put, all of a sudden. Put all your dreams on pause and why don't you just play on Sundays? Let's just do karaoke, okay? Oh, um, man. Let's keep things... Palatable. Palatable. That's a good one. Culturally. Yeah, let's... I don't know. You mean opinion restricted? Yeah. That is not how creativity works. I think that the heart posture, lack of understanding of who the Father is, lack of understanding of the gospel, and the aspect of creativity being kicked out of the church because Mm -hmm. we have controlled everything, and that control does not bear good fruit. Like we talked about, for a bad father, how crazy would it be if an earthly father were to say, oh, I made you to please me and give me things. So do it. Wow. That is not my father. That's not, that's not my God. That's not who you are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we even have these term, terminologies and words that we use in like, oh, I'm created to give him glory. Like even that has the hidden message. What that says is a subliminal message that relationship with him is not the first priority. Ooh, or it's one way. Right. And by these little terminologies sneaking their way in, it spoils Mm, the whole thing. Yeah, the truth, right? That's really sad. Um, So there's that. And then there is creativity outside of corporate worship, just being an artist who is connected to the heart of God. This goes back to my, my point earlier on Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon is not a corporate worship song, yet it's in the middle of the holy canon. We're singing about really explicit stuff. It's not for the corporate. But 
it's still there and it's in the holy canon and it's a song and it was yeah. written by somebody who was in relationship with God. Man. We think that we have a right or entitled to an opinion on Justin Bieber's Yummy when <laughs> I'm so blessed by what I'm seeing in that there are people who are believers in the mainstream, for lack of better words, yeah. outside of the whole church music industry, which is, yeah. <laughs> well put. I'm seeing God is like causing these leaders outside of the church to mm. start to write worship songs and to start to write corporate things, which is really baffling. And then I'm seeing worship leaders start to write love songs. And God is doing something so amazing in causing us to release our control mm. and and to follow after the delight and the desires that he puts in our hearts. The word says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to give us the desires of our heart. And as we delight in the Lord, we start to realize that delight is what we were made for. Delight is how we were designed to be motivated. Huh. In creativity, control is not going to motivate. Shame is not going to motivate. Mm. And just doing our duty is not going to motivate us to bring heaven to earth because it's all going to be same old, same old. You know, just like everything is vanity. There's no point to this life. There's no point to the world. <laughs> like all of that. Lamentations. Like it's all useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even like there's nothing new under the sun. Like it's all useless unless we're connected to the heart of God because he is yeah. always creating and I believe that there are songs that he has given to people who don't yet know him ah. because believers mm. have plugged their ears to mm. things that would stretch them, to things that would stretch us outside of our comfort. There are some songs that he is pouring out of heaven and believers are not catching them. So people who are not believers yet are catching these songs and they're putting them out. That's nuts. Man. It's incredible. So I say all this to encourage us. Let's open up our hands. I love this. In regards to what it looks like, because there are so many more things to write about than geography. Wow. Mountains, <laughs> oceans, seas, <laughs> dirt, dust, space, stars, wow. sun, moon, sky. How many billion stars? Like there's more to write about. There's more subject matter. And if believers are not writing songs, on the devastating things going on in the world, the problems that are happening in the world, in accordance with even some of the Psalms, like the lament. It's not just, I'm going through this crap. It's like the world is messed up right now. Yeah, yeah the lament is and essential right now. We're not giving language to the church because us as worship leaders, it's our responsibility, not just our responsibility, but our privilege to put words on the lips of the bride. What is she singing? Mm. And it's not just what she's singing to the Lord. It's also us singing to one another and encouraging one another. Like, this is the gospel, man. This is like what's actually happening. It's yeah. like, come now is the time to worship. It's like, anyways, there's a lot there. But I think I articulated that in a way to help you like understand my thought process. In that like, we have, we have used a thing called worship artistry to demonize something Creativity. that is so clearly blessed where there is a level of excellence that we are called to in stewarding our musical giftings. But in the same way that people who are, I've, I don't know, I grew up in a really poor community. People trash talk to the rich all the time. Mm. And even saying, even the word filthy rich demonizes and just throws eggs and dirt and tar and feathers at whatever that is. Yeah. And it's this whole mentality that's another conversation for another day, but I bring that in here because when somebody is successful in artistry and also happens to be a Christian, we think that we're entitled to an opinion Oof. without knowing their life, without knowing their heart, without knowing their relationship with God or what they're called to or the context of their life. And because of the internet, because things look different nowadays, mm. we have not been taught on how to process all of this. When in reality, wow. how things used to be without all of this connection and being connected to places that we honestly have no business being connected with. Yeah. Like in some ways there's amazing fruit. In some ways there's also like, what the heck is happening? Is that thing in your background a reference to uh, said your Jesus is king thing? Yeah. Kanye. 
Yeah. I could not tell you how frustrated I was with their response to all that. Yes. I was like, why do you think you get to talk about this man's faith journey? Yes. Mm. Why? It's a lack of understanding of the gospel, really. Oh, absolutely. And they think they've got it figured out for some reason. Even in regards to, and I posted a, st- a video on my story. I reposted a video on my story yesterday. It was a message to all the people who have gone down this like conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, I don't claim to know the answers to what is happening in the world or who is doing what. I just know that things are messed up and we need Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. 100%. But I don't think that it's helpful for, in regards to human trafficking and pedophilia, for us to only get focused on rescuing people, declaring judgment and payment upon the oppressors without realizing that the Father's heart is that no man should perish. Amen. And we don't understand the gospel. And so we have this legalistic mindset that it's to satisfy the pain in our hearts that we want people to be punished Oof. for the things that they've done against this world. But, and also, those are undeniably the worst. So it's oh, like, yes. here's a target for us to be like, absolutely, they're wrong. But this video that I saw yesterday, it was this woman just talking about the gospel. Hey, we do not understand the Father's heart. Mm. It's the parable that Jesus shared about forgiveness, where the servant owed a great debt. He got forgiven by his master. And then he goes to another servant and says, hey, pay up. He can't pay up. Servant begs for more time. The other servant's like, no, you're going to jail. Throws him in prison. The master hears about it and says to the first servant, hey, you're asking me to treat you according to the debt that you owe because you did not show the same forgiveness that you have been shown. Wow. And for us as believers. That's huge right there. Say that again. You're asking me to treat you according to the debt that you owed. Not according to the forgiveness that I showed you. Because when I gave you forgiveness, (laughs) you did not pass it along. Man. And when we don't walk in this way, because obviously we don't know his heart if we're not acting like him. Podcast. Amen is right. If we're going and showing unforgiveness and judgment when mercy always triumphs over judgment and Uh. what Jesus did on the cross is done, it's a free gift for us to just accept. And so for us to not even think of praying for these people and to just demand that they be put to death for being the most devastating oppressors that have ever existed. Again, for those who are not aware of this conversation in the first place, or for those who are aware of this conversation and think that everything is conspiracy, for me, I don't know the answers to any of this. I don't claim to know who is doing what. All I know is that the world is in a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, and God's children, whether they know it or not, are hurting each other And that's resulting in a lot of problems and a lot of just pain that is going to affect generations to come. Because aside from the whole pinning specific celebrities or politicians as the oppressors, aside from that conversation, whoever is doing what, regardless of who they are or what political or socioeconomic position they are in, there is oppression happening in regards to pedophilia, in regards to human trafficking, and whoever is doing that, the Father's heart cries out for them just as much as it cries out for those who are being oppressed. Mm. Because Jesus paid his blood for us to be in relationship with God. And that price that he paid means that every heart, every life is worth something to God. It's invaluable to God because Jesus paid the highest price. And the gospel is for everyone. And we don't understand that. And so we have taken things too far. We have lost his heart. We have lost love because we don't understand mercy triumphs over judgment. We don't understand that he's still the father of these oppressors. There's a lot there. Yeah. Yes, there is. That was like a huge rabbit trail. But um, I bring that up because in worship, in artistry, there is massive consequences if we are not understanding the gospel and in relationship with other worship leaders or in, in relationship with celebrities or how we perceive things happening in the world. If we don't understand the gospel and that everyone is a child, we're just going to walk around bitter and sour and nobody's going to want to be in relationship with us. Wow. 
Yo, attitude, the word says, take captive every thought and attitude of the heart that That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In episode one or two, whatever it is of this show, we were talking about how the act of taking something captive. uh, No, it was episode one, right? I I think I said to you, Uncle Jerry the Great talked about, (laughs) it's funny to call him that, but he's he's a cop, he's a SWAT team officer. And he's talking about taking someone captive is forcefully holding them down. They're not doing what they were doing anymore. So to take a thought captive is a violent action. It's a violent, aggressive tactic that's used to neutralize a threat. So taking yep. a thought captive is neutralizing a threat. Yeah. Dude, this has been absolutely amazing. I, I, I kind of want to just like Incredible. call it. Like that was like, you know, you, 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 had this, yeah. you had this thought trail that just went. Incredible. I'm going to listen to this and digest. I have a whole page of notes that I took. And, uh, Praise God. <laughs> is there anything else that you feel that's on your heart that you want to get out before we wrap things up? Um, no, I feel good. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a joy. You guys are awesome. Dude, you, that, you are a special I wish person. we could have done this in person, but... I mean, you know, you know it's all good. You are, uh, good. you are a... Obviously, you know this, but you are a, you are a special person in the body. Mm-hmm. You exist for the edification of the body, and I have feel like my perspective has, has jumped up. Like I've leveled up like video game speak. I've leveled up like <laughs> oh seven gosh. or eight levels today just in this conversation, in my perspective. Praise God. I, I can't thank you enough for your time. This has just been awesome. As someone who has been uh, inspirational just through your music, seeing your heart, you're obviously prophet and a psalmist in the house of the Lord. I love it. Thanks, man. I just can't wait to hear yeah. the stories that are coming back of people uh, after they've heard what you had to say, man. Uh, this this will probably be released within the next couple weeks. I don't know if you're still going to have that Kickstarter open, but we will put a link in there just in case. Awesome. Yeah. It The links that are in my bio are just to Venmo... PayPal and Square Cash. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so please go cool. there. And if you want to support amazing work of the kingdom here from someone who truly has a humble and proper perspective on what providing worship is. We were talking earlier about how when you when you're a when you're a young man or a young woman starting up in the world, you should work a service job, a food job of some sort. My Good. man over here worked at he did the Lord's work for a minute. <laughs> Where where'd you work? At Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, I could eat there seven times a day. Seven times a day, even. That's what's up. I love it. I worked at Fridays nowhere near. That's like the purgatory of food. It's a humbling um, experience. That is exactly what it is. I worked customer service for four years. Oh, and uh, that's... The complaints. What kind of store? Was it retail? Uh, Software company. Software company. Oh, my. Oh, that's even... Yeah. Did you try turning it off and turning it on again? (laughs) Is it plugged into the wall? Power cycle? Oh, my gosh. Customer service, too, is like your job is to serve people, but... My point is this, as a worshiper and a worship leader, I would like to remove that term worship artist from my mindset, but it's the only thing I can think of to describe someone like you or people who have music that is out there that are, that's reaching people. As a worship leader, you are a waiter at the table. You are, the, you are, you are, 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 are making sure that you're facilitating an environment in which the bride and the, the groom can commune and have an experience together. That picture is forever in my mind now after this conversation, just about you're here to serve, nothing else. Mm-hmm. You're facilitating an atmosphere. You're setting up the tent. You're waiting at the table. It's just, yeah. dude, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Incredible. That boy, good. <laughs> one, one quick note I just wanted to say to close up. So Chris said it, getting to see your heart and just how you think about God and your theology, getting to see all of that it makes so much sense why the music that you contribute to and the music that God leads you to make is so glorifying to him and is so solid. You know, yeah. it like it makes total sense. The humility and, is yeah. palpable in the approach, right? It is. It is. And it's it's beautiful. <laughs> Dang. Thank so you thank so you. much, Christian. Don't ever stop what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing it, you know? No matter what nobody says, don't listen to them. You tell them. I don't care what nobody says. You're great. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm That's good for a here. Chicago boy. I like that. <laughs> I used to do theater. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. Peace and love, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, man. Let's have another conversation in the future. Uh, this has just been so awesome. I feel like this is absolutely just... Mind-blowing. <sighs> got that. Got that oil. <laughs> you, you got the oil. Love you, bro. Thank you for everything you're doing, man. Uh, Can't wait to see what the record comes out like. Peace and love, guys. Yo, man, you are the man. Thank you so much. Love you. Deuces. Peace. 
thank you for listening. This is the part of the show we will call shout-outs and check-outs, where we give you references to things we talked about in the show. Today's guest was Mark Barlow. You may know him from the group Isla Vista Worship or his solo adventures. If you don't know his music, I can't say enough good things about it. It's on the streamers. Go check it out. If I had to choose a song to start with, it would be So In Love on the record Isla Vista Worship 2 or the song 814 on the Soul Hymns joint. And he's on the Instagram at BarkMarlow, B-A-R-K-M-A-R-L-O-W. And there you can support his ministry and music via the link in his bio. You can also read his testimony alongside several amazing other ones in the book, Jesus Burgers, Volume 3, Simple Acts of Love. That is written by the pastor of the church that Mark leads worship at, Jason Lomolino. He also wrote a book called A Life That Wins, Mindsets to a Powerful Life in God. This book's awesome because you can pick it up, and even if you only read a page or two, you will still have picked up some sort of perspective-shifting wisdom. A book Mark mentioned was How to Worship a King by Zach Neese, N-E-E-C-E. That's definitely worth checking out. And as always, we would like to encourage you to read the Bible. We believe it's God's Word given to us for teaching, edification, guidance, and wisdom. If you've never read it before, start with the story of Jesus because everything in the Bible ultimately points to Him. You can find that in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the history of Jesus' ministry as told from the perspective of four different people in varying walks of life. The song I mentioned in the show was I Belong, the live version by Orphan No More Company. I assume it's company. It's Orphan No More Co. as you look at it on the internet, but you know how the internet is. In conclusion, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Keep up with what we're doing. But more important than that, if we spark something you want to talk about, there's a couple ways you could do that. You could join the Waxless Radio Facebook group, or if you're a younger generation, you could do the Discord server, Waxless Radio, one word, no spaces. And if you're really old school, you can send us an email, waxlessradio at gmail.com. On behalf of all the good people here at Waxless Industries, I would like to sincerely thank you for your time in a world that is constantly pulling for your attention in many different ways at any given moment, and I appreciate that you spent this time with us. We'll see you next time. Podcast!